Make sure you unmute your microphone too. Welcome everybody to Barbecue Chicken Episode 2. Uh, this is going to be titled Battle for L.A. based on last night's matchup, Lakers versus Clippers. Huge, huge playoff intentions there um, going down last night. Uh, I'm KMFN. Again, that's Big Rob CQ. Hey, hey. So uh, we have a confession to make here, and I'm just going to go ahead and get this out of the way because I'm going to go ahead and throw things in here, and I know the entire episode, if I, if I don't get this out of the way, it's going to throw Big Rob off here. So uh, we went ahead and we made episode two and three the other day, and uh, with all of our expertise, we somehow uh, did not hit record. So I'll be mixing in a lot of the stuff that uh, we wanted to say on that second episode, and so if if Rob's a little off here, then you guys know why, because uh, he's he's pretty uh he's pretty upset about it. So, but yeah, let's jump into last night's matchup. Did you uh, did you get a chance to watch that then, Rob? Yeah, I did an in depth uh, viewing of the game by watching the highlights this morning. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. My my thoughts about the game. First of all, we in this climate of the NBA, um, the playoff race is so thick that these last few games almost seem like they have playoff implications. I mean, they really do have playoff implications, but you can feel the playoff intensity uh, with these games, and that's what makes them very interesting. Uh, I want to start off and say all I wanted in my life was a L.A. versus L.A. playoff. And it doesn't seem like we'll get that anytime soon. So last night was indeed the closest thing that I have ever uh, come to seeing in terms of my dream of a L.A. versus L.A. playoff because home court advantage was another boy. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's a small, small, small outside chance if you ask the mathematicians that depending on seeding and where everybody lands and what happens in the playoffs that, you know, with the play-in and the, play the playoffs that, you know, it's possible, right? Uh, I don't even know what that looks like, but um, I wanted to, to touch on that because you and I actually last year went to one of these last few games uh, for our home team, and for those that don't know, we are here in Minnesota, so you know we get the lovely Timberwolves every year, so much fun. As you can imagine, they're not used to winning, so last year when we were pushing for that play-in tournament uh, uh, berth, where Rob and I, we went to one of those last few games, and the intensity for a half-empty stadium was much more than I anticipated it to be. And then once we got to those playing games, it was it was real. I mean, the vibe in there was unlike anything I've ever felt before in any sports stadium. Yeah, it it kind of gives you like a a March Madness type of vibe, where just the games have so so much meaning. They're all it all has every playing game that I've seen has. Game six or seven uh, um, type of intensity. Last right. night, um, my overall takeaway is 
Russell Westbrook is still making the Lakers lose. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, I saw how it, it seemed like for, for whatever reason, the shots were falling for him. He was super engaged. And you could tell that he took it very personally that it didn't work out for him with the Lakers. So, yeah, I thought that w- it was good to see him kind of kind of spearhead the uh, attack for the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the first thing I noticed, right? First of all, how lucky were we as basketball fans? You talk about the landscape of the NBA and where everything's at today, especially this closer where everybody's resting. And, and I mean, you got the king of – of time management here and you know in two of the kings between these two games between Kawhi and LeBron or maybe even AD so we got AD in a back-to-back which is very rare to see you got LeBron and AD on the court at the same time we got Kawhi on the other side and then we had Westbrook showing up uh, to make an impact against the Lakers which I saw right away in that first few minutes of the game I watched the first half uh, first three quarters really kind of fell asleep there at the end. Watched the rest this morning, but it was a good game. The intensity was there. Uh, Russ showed up. LeBron just, I don't know, man. I just, I know he's LeBron. I just felt like he was, he's running out of gas or something. And AD, for me, he was always uh, overrated to, to me right now. That, that's arguable. I, I grew to like the guy and I give him a lot of respect now, but it just felt like between LeBron and AD, they just didn't show up in that first half. That third quarter, they put it all on the floor and it just wasn't enough. Uh, even without PG, the, the Clippers just look like a better team to me. Yeah, I think um, LeBron had a, a few back-to-back turnovers. Um, I just didn't see the same LeBron that I thought I would see with a game that's meaningful, not just in the standings, but psychologically. Um, everybody knows the Clippers are the Lakers' little brother. You know, it's a, it's a rivalry there just because they share the same city and as of now, the same building. So I thought LeBron would be a little stronger, but father time is undefeated. It catches us all at some point. Um, right. The thing, um, that I noticed, and, and this is why I don't watch too much today NBA, is because it has really turned into a make or miss league. It's a three point shooting contest, and if you got the best shooters or if you're hotter that night, you will win. And I saw just people who I've never heard of, right. uh, J- John Doe's three, and I'm like, well, who are these people? You know, <laughs> they all right. have three point ability. It's a it's a league full of prime J.R. Smiths right now. Everybody's athletic. And everybody's hoisting up threes. However, it still was very. That's why these these games mean so much more to me because there's just so much intensity, and it's fun to see uh, everybody cheer for the Clippers, and then you get almost just as 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 much cheers for the Lakers. It's kind of like a. It really takes you back to like Final Four. You got fans on both sides. Crazy, right? Yeah, and that's what's really cool about it too. Is is the the roar of the crowd was pretty much constant from tip off because you had, I mean, I wonder what that's even like, dude. Like I, I always wished I lived in a city, grew up in a city that had could afford and and could support two teams like that because it'd be weird to have to take sides like that. You know, we're over here in St. Paul, we take this side. Oh, we're in Minneapolis, we take this right. side. Like, <laughs> like we kind of did that anyway, right? But with you know, like the rivalries and stuff, but. That's uh, 
that mm-hmm. uh, that would that would be super interesting. I'd love to even just be there. I mean, we've been there a couple times, and we meant to go to to those games, and we never did. But yeah, uh, yeah. like the you Lakers, said, I, I do. I do want to say this: the Lakers must benefit in some in some way, shape, or form in the future from getting a true point guard. That's been right. one of their Achilles' heels going forward, because LeBron. He shouldn't have to have the ball in his hands that much at this age. He's got to be the point guard and exert the most energy right. at that age. Um, D'Angelo Russell is not a pure point guard. He was with the Timberwolves. He wasn't a pure point guard. He's a shoot-first point guard. Yep. And you just don't need that. When I saw those turnovers, I was like, who is out there that you can give the ball to and and, and, and really just let them facilitate? There was no facilitation going on. And I think they suffer for, for that tremendously. And also, I want to say, I hope Russell Westbrook never wins a championship. And it's not because anything personal, but I, I have a rap lyric that I wrote, you know, back in the day in my music, <laughs> my musical journeys that mentioned Westbrook never being able to win a championship. And if he wins a championship, then that will make that rap lyric obsolete so to keep my lyrics alive russ russell westbrook and carmelo anthony he's in there too <laughs> to win a championship that's as funny. long as they're alive now that's that's what i'm rooting for so that's funny rooting for the clippers to lose and uh the, the free agency team that Melo's on to lose too <laughs> out of the nba well listen man <clears throat> you're uh you're absolutely not wrong about what the Lakers need because D. Russ is a shoot-first kind of guy. Uh, LeBron's obviously your uh, – that's the guy that the game runs through. He's the highest usage percentage on the court. One thing I don't understand, though, is I get it. Carl Anthony Towns is a softy. He's never going to be that guy. Joel Embiid is that guy. Why is Anthony Davis not that guy? Why is he not posting people up and backing them down? And why is the ball not running through the post? That's what I don't understand. Pick and roll offense, running through the post. You got to get AD involved. He's always out on the wing, and he's so big and he's so strong, but they never play him down low. If you could put a point guard in there, like a Mike Connolly, that could facilitate a pick and roll like that, then the Lakers would be a totally different team, but... They yeah. want to. It's like they're trying to recreate the 1987 Lakers with this fast-paced running gun, but you don't have Anthony, a Magic Johnson either. Yeah, you don't have Magic Johnson and Anthony Davis. His, his foot, like he can't run, man. Like the dude yeah. just can't. He's he's not 25 anymore. So, yeah. so well, uh, here, but here's the thing, like the Carl Anthony Towns thing. I think I don't think he's. I mean, he comes across as soft, and I get it. I don't think he's really soft. I just think his game negates his height. It's like, why are you dribbling from the three-point line on every play? Right. You have guards on you, and you're scared to dribble because they're going to steal it from you. Well, how about you back them down, and you you create, you cook up some barbecue chicken, and get yeah. some points. Right. Uh, I mean, Yeah. I just don't understand. I don't understand how it seems like. I mean, even even Joker, he's a big dude, and he will post you up, but he's generally gonna spin 
to his backside and fade away and shoot. And Embiid's yeah. the only one left in the league that's going to truly back you down, push right. you under the hoop, turn around, and just barbecue chicken, right? Like, yeah. he's the only one. He's the only one. And I just don't understand. It's like he's made a point to be that guy It's because he knows that there's a hole in the league. And so yeah. he's just, you know, Embiid's it, it, filling that look, hole. Look, if you're tall and you're big, then you're supposed to use that as an advantage. What advantage do right. you have standing at the three-point line? Now, it's cool if you can shoot those threes and, and add that to your game, but it can't be the basis of your game. It's like a seven-footer wanting to work at Starbucks or something. It's like, okay, yeah, you can work at Starbucks, but you're seven feet. Like, you should be on somebody's <laughs> basketball court. Exactly. They pay, they pay seven-foot scrubs to just be tall. <laughs> yeah, so right. if you're just tall, and well, I mean, what are you doing? Like, why are right. you why are you so afraid of contact? What is it? Is it? I don't. I don't get it. Like, it's it's misplaced. It's misplaced skill set. But you know, it was a it was a run on things because you know it's okay if you have a team or two in the league that that's doing that, but. When it becomes a dominant thing by that team or two that's doing it, other teams respond to it, and then, you know, it dominoes. And here, now we've got all these stretch fours, and I actually was reading an article yesterday that I found pretty interesting because I, I, I noticed when I was watching the game last night that there's been, like, this evolution of yeah. the small forward position. And so mm-hmm. I looked it up, and I was like, man, are they bigger now or are they – were they bigger before, right? And so, yeah. what you what you saw in the two thousands was the introduction of the stretch four, the Antoine Jamesons, right. uh, guys who, who uh, Rashad Lewis, Rashad Lewis, guys like that. Yeah. Peja, when he played the four, they would stretch the floor, and it yeah. started with guys like that. And it, when it became super effective, you have to start building your team around it. It's like when Wilt when Wilt dominated, right? Like all yeah. of a sudden you change, yeah. like you change the game and so yeah. things like that happen so but yeah I mean LeBron played 35 minutes last night and he shouldn't have to do that every single night at his age he should be able to take a night especially a game like that at the end of the season yeah I get it you need to win but he should be able to play 30 32 minutes and have the rest of the team step up so I agree what I want yeah. you to do is open up the standings because I want to poke on uh to talk about the standings here and what you think about these these potential matchups. Yeah, I'm opening them up, but uh, I want all the viewers to know that I have a computer from 1994, and uh, <laughs> I'm afraid to upgrade because everything has to be compatible now. So all, all, everything I have hooked up to it, I have to essentially upgrade it all. And I don't feel like it. I don't feel like going through it. I don't want to do it. So as my 1994... What were the computers called back then? You know, um, e machine. Yeah, my e machine. <laughs> <laughs> I got a dang on a Oregon Trail on here, and and where's Carmen San Diego? Um, but it's loading up. It's, it's loading up my dial-up internet, and uh, we'll have the standings in about forty-five minutes. So I'll just, I'll just. <laughs> He said 45 minutes. All right, I'll just start with this then. So right now, in the Eastern Conference, Milwaukee's number one, Boston's number two, and Philadelphia's number three. Okay. So tell me what you think about the Eastern Conference. Uh, who Who's your favorite coming out of the East? Who's coming out of the West? Let these think, guys know. Uh, 
well, I'm I'm also a very anti James Harden fan. I don't like him. I don't like anything about him. I don't like his haircut. I don't like his face. I don't like his game. I don't like the way he travels. I don't like anything about James Harden. Nothing about him. Not a single solitary thing. I don't like the day <laughs> he was born. I don't like his car. I don't like his girlfriend. I don't like his lack of a girlfriend. I don't like James Harden. So it pains me to say this, but I do think Philadelphia is going to have the edge because they have Embiid and because he gives them the diversity of somebody that can go down there and get you two points when that's what you need is two points. What do you think about that? <laughs> Man, so I've never heard it put like that, first of all, but I couldn't agree more because James Harden, <laughs> if he changed the game, he invented traveling, and that is just ridiculous. He's probably the most overrated two-guard. Anyone that ever attempts to put him anywhere near the top 20 two-guards of all time needs to be slapped. Like seriously, do you think he's gonna make our top? Our, you know, we've already done the episode that we failed to post. But do you think he's gonna make the the, the list, either of our list of top five shooting guards of all time? I highly doubt it. You know, if we ever uh, have to change the name of this channel, it should be F James Harden. oh i couldn't agree more but i also can't agree more that Embiid is a difference maker and so i actually and i know all the analysts because i'm always watching and listening and reading but they got boston over philly they got boston and philly in a second round matchup and everybody's taking boston over philly but i've just i've watched a couple of those matchups this year already and i just really feel like the difference is Embiid. Now, Milwaukee is a problem for as much as I hate it. I just, I can't stand Milwaukee and I feel like Giannis might be the closest second coming of Wilt in his prime as far as a physical specimen on the court. It's not much he can't do, you know, and but the rest of the team, like, he's I guess he's one of those guys, right? That's the guy you want on your team, like you will everyone else to win with your greatness. It's that yep. Jordan-esque type greatness. And so, but yeah. I'm just not a big fan of Milwaukee. I just feel like they're going to be a problem. I really, really, really want Philly yeah. to come out of the East, though, you know? Yeah, um, I, I'm the opposite. I don't want Philly to win because of Harden, but I want Milwaukee to win. And if I, I would guarantee it's going to be out of those two in the East. Those are the only two options. I'm not Boston. I'm not I don't know. I, just, I like bully ball. And when you have, like I said, if you watch the, the, the clips of that last game, I think it was game six against the Suns, Milwaukee, a couple years back when they won the championship. When all of the finesse that was failing and all of all of the, the, the pretty ballerina basketball and high octane offense was, it was, you know, it was doing what it did, but it took Giannis to say, Give me the ball. I'm going to play a new position in the NBA called a running back. And I'm going to ram this thing down your throat. I'm going to make some free throws. And I'm going to take this championship. And I I really appreciated that coming from a guy who stuck with his franchise. It's not the most glamorous place to be. It's right. Milwaukee. Who wants to go to Milwaukee? And this is coming from somebody that lives in Minnesota. So right. it's a downgrade from Minnesota. It's Milwaukee. It's cold. And nobody wants to be there. Nobody wants to play there. And nobody wants to live there. So for him to do that, right? It, I just respect them tremendously. Yeah, um, I yeah. don't think they can beat Philly. Um, but 
I hope they do. So it is either a, I'll, it, I'll be it, right or I'll be happy. One of the two things is going to happen. It's a very selfless move. You're right because you know nobody really wants to be in Milwaukee, but yeah. um, you know it's a, it's a spot where he can lead the team and nobody's going to stand in his way and they're going to build around him and he is the franchise. It's also a smart it's a smart business move on his part. Crazy part is Giannis didn't even start playing basketball until he was like 15, 16 years old. Wow. Yeah. So, like, you just like, oh, look me, I'm in like 10th, 11th grade and I'm going to pick up this ball and become a superstar. Three, four years yeah. later, he was already drafted into the league, you know. Right. He didn't even right. pick up a damn ball. So... Um, that's crazy to me, but, uh, one thing that's crazy to me that every single year surprises me is how well the Heat and the Raptors do. Now, the Heat are much lower than they have been in previous years, and so are the Raptors, but they're still hanging around in that play-in tournament area. The Heat are currently seven, Raptors nine, there's only like two games to go, so, you know, they're going to be in the play-in most likely, but... Dude, Jimmy Butler's such a dog, man. Like he keeps yeah. bringing these the, this Heat team back yeah. every single year. And yeah. Siakam to me is not even that great of a player, but maybe I'm sleep on him or something because the Raptors are always there. They're always there. Um, I love I love what Jimmy Butler represents. I think he's a bit problematic, but I'd rather have that type of problematic than the soft. I don't want to show up to play problematic. You never can question uh, his uh, dedication to play, maybe once or twice. But for the most part, he's a dog. I love that. I love what he's able to do with that Miami Heat team because they're always in the talk. Same with Toronto. Look at Cleveland. Cleveland is proof that you don't need any stars right. to be effective in the league today. Because I don't I think- know who, who plays for Cleveland. Jim Brown? I mean, well, they got they got Josh Giddy and they got Evan Mobley. They got some of the youngest stars in the league. Yeah. I mean, never heard of any of these guys. Well, and they got and they got your favorite guy, the your favorite guy with the five stars on two K. What's his name? Uh, Cade Cunningham. Oh, oh no, yeah. he's on the Pistons, ain't he? He's on the Pistons. He's on the Pistons. On the Pistons. It's another no no man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, the Pistons, dude. Like, yeah. who the? I I just saw, yes, I yeah. saw some highlights. I was like, dude, I don't remember the last time I even looked at their roster, dude. And I watch this stuff every single day. <laughs> They're yeah. sixteen and sixty four. That's why I don't even look at their roster because like yeah. they'll have Wimbe, Wimbe Miyama. He'll be on there next yeah. year. Yeah, nah, he he's, he he resigned, man. He's not even going in the draft next year. Are you, you didn't see that? I yeah, thought that was an April's Fool's uh, what, joke. Was it? I thought in my mind. I haven't seen it reported by any other. Okay. You know, ESPN would have jumped all over that. Yeah. Okay. Steven you might Ant- be. You might be right. It was probably around that April Fool's time that that popped uh, up. Yeah, so, yeah. But yeah, no. They, if they get him, then that that's definitely a game changer. So, but yeah. So the East. All right. So you like Milwaukee. I like. Uh, I like Philly, and I, I want. I you know, f James Harden, but. Go Philly. So, in the West right now, we got Denver number one, Memphis number two, which is always surprising to me. Sacramento out of nowhere with the three seed, and Phoenix with the four, which they, I believe they should be higher even before KD. I yeah. feel like Phoenix constantly underperforms every year. Chris Paul, he's going to disappoint the world again in the playoffs. He always does, man. And that's that sucks to me. Like, I feel like Chris Paul – Deserves a title at this point. He's definitely earned it stat wise. Yeah, I like I like Chris Paul. He's another dog. 
another problematic person, another, uh, you know, he reminds me of Isaiah Thomas in so many ways. Got the innocent good boy looks and the smiles and he's right. state farm guy with the, you know, the, the commercials and then, but like he's this nasty kind of sinister kind of character in the locker room, you know, the whole thing about him going to the, through the tunnel to fight people and stuff. So I like that, the, the balance of good and evil. I love to see him get a ring, but I just don't, I, I don't think just adding stars to your team works as much as we think it does. It hasn't right. really worked. Right. From, uh, I mean, you, you have to have a team that was, it's about your system and, and, and having everything fit together. Now, Golden State was Golden State before Kevin Durant. Right. You know, Phoenix hasn't proven that they can win without, uh, that the system itself is perfect. And Garnett just adding him to the, not Garnett, Durant, adding him to the, to the mix is just kind of like, it just, it's like the Kyrie and Luka thing. It's just like, right. you gotta, what about other facets of the game? What about rebounding? Who's going to rebound these? You know what I'm saying? They're third right. last in rebounding, and they're adding. Scoring. Duplicate, yeah, duplicate superstars, the people that can essentially do mostly the same thing. So right. um, hopefully uh, we can get back. I, I root for the teams that have, you know, less stars, the Clevelands and things like that. And, and, and hopefully we can get back to this basketball that makes sense. So what do you think about Denver? You a fan of Denver? I like Denver. Um, I like their inside-out approach with uh, Jokic. He's putting up crazy stats. People can say he's the MVP because he's white or he's an MVP because they want to promote foreigners or he's an MVP for this. But you look at the man's stats – and it's hard to argue, and especially now that they got the best record in the West, it's just hard to argue him not being the MVP this year. I like Denver. Uh, I root for the Midwest. You know, I like the Midwestern teams. Um, we're usually skipped over when it comes time time for free agency. Nobody wants to come to the Midwest due to the weather, and uh, I like to see that these type of teams have a shot. So I, I like Denver. What about you? So, it's strange. I mean, ESPN's got a nickname for the guy. They call him the dad bod god, right? And and it's always surprising to me how he can do what he does in the shape that he's in. He's like Luca. He's oddly athletic for being so slow motion almost, right? And But I love the approach where they put him in the high post and they play through him. And he's always got the dang ball in his hand, dude. Mm-hmm. Always. But at seven foot one, all you got to do in the high post is stand there like he does, back to the basket, ball up in the air, right, over your head. They can't touch it. And now you see everything from a top-down view. smart basketball. He's, he's orchestrating from yeah, the top of the post. It's just smart basketball. Uh, right. I love to see this game is not that, not that complex. I mean, you got other games like football where you get – so complex and everything. This is not that complex. Do simple things that help your team win. Right. Like play defense. Rebound. Take advantage right. of the mismatches that are presented to you. Um, and and you look at the dad bod god. Is that how I said it? You look at yeah. Nikolai Jokic, and you see him, and he looks like a scrub. 
Like he's just this big, <laughs> right. floppy foreigner. You know what I'm saying? It's like, who? What's he gonna do? And he uses his brain, and he plays hard every night. He gets buckets in a variety of ways. You can't hate the guy. I mean, he goes, he competes. I don't hear about a whole bunch of load management with him. And, uh, yeah, he punishes the defense with his skill set. And he was the second – I think he was, what, the second-round pick? One of the last people picked in his draft. Right. So just to, to show you that you don't have to be uber-athletic. You don't have to be highly touted. You don't have to have gobs of potential, quote-unquote. All you got to do is know how to play the game. And that's yes. what – be a system guy. He's taking advantage of where the NBA is. There is no guy. Like Embiid's doing, he's the only back down guy. Jokic right. is the only high post guy. And right. and, Gian, and Giannis is the only wilt-like guy, right? And so they're all just taking advantage of the positions and the skill sets they have and, yeah. you know, uh, the lack of game planning against that. So uh, one thing I want to touch on Western Conference-wise, usually – and it's been this way for such a long time, and it's been the Lakers because of Kobe for all those years, or the Spurs really because of Kawhi and and Duncan. But really, I'm not seeing a standout like just a number one. This is the standout team in the West. I'm not right. seeing that right. And Denver's probably been the the highest performing team over the last five years consistently. However, just like Phoenix, they tend to come up short in that second or third round. This year, I do see them going to the Western Conference Finals, yeah. uh, depending on how the seating lands. Uh, yeah. However, I think my favorite coming out of the West is still just based on merit, based on experience, and based on uh, skill when it matters. I got to take Golden State coming out of the West. Wow. And that's crazy because they're like – they're like one game over. Like I don't know. They're they're just a couple of games over. They're forty two and thirty eight, so they're four yeah. games over. But when they put it all together and they put it on the floor, one thing that yeah. comes into play in the playoffs is experience yeah. and coaching. Very and they've true. been there four times. They've been there, and coaching Very matters true. in the playoffs. And Kerr's yeah. been there fucking ten times in his career. Yeah. And they're the and they're the reigning champs, the defending champs. So. They should be technically the favorite. Um, when they put it all together, I believe you're, you're correct. They're definitely going to be a threat. The craziest thing about it is, you know, they're on that brink where if they win two games, they're like the fourth seed. And if they lose two games, they're like in a lottery. Or the play-in tournament's going to turn. I mean, everything is so right. – right. and what that does, even with the seeding, you're playing a, a team – you might have a way higher seed than them, but you really won like a game or two more than them. So the advantages in the playoffs are it's it's going to be a very interesting right. season. There's not like, oh, okay, you're, you can just automatically eliminate certain teams. No, not this year. Everybody's a threat. This could be one of those eighth seed goes to the finals years, uh, at least in, especially in the West. It's so Right, it's congested. so bunched up. Yeah, it's so congested and bunched up. So, who do you got coming out of the West? If I had to pick, I'm gonna go with the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> You're not serious. You can't be serious. Some at some point, it's gotta. At some point, luck has got to swing our way. Something has to happen. I think. Uh, I think. Yeah. 
I'm gonna just go with the Timberwolves. Let's just All right. make it fun. Right. A hometown pick. All right. So he's yeah, got the Bucks and the Timberwolves in the NBA Finals. Yep. I'm gonna go with Golden State and Philadelphia in the NBA Finals. There you go. Okay. All right. So let's tie it back to the original point of the episode here. L.A. The battle for L.A. last night. So let's really just break it down. I'm pretty sure they're both going to make it into the playoffs. So let's end it with how far you think each team will go. Um, I think the Clippers might be a second-round team. Maybe second. I say their cap is second-round conference finals. The Lakers are a first-round exit waiting to happen if they you know get past the play-in. But I would go because they're so structurally fault faulty you know right. uh and it's just a matter of time before uh anthony davis is gonna yawn too hard and, and crush his <laughs> larynx or something like that and be able to you know they don't call them street clothes for for nothing so i think the lakers have a maximum second round advancement and the clippers have a maximum conference finals uh, appearance but Neither one of them is making it to the finals. What What about you? What do you think? Yeah, I think I'm just going to roll with you on that one. That's a fair assessment. Uh, the Lakers are are not built to, you know, I highly doubt they even make it out of the out of the play in tournament. To be honest with you, let alone yeah. even making it to the damn first round. So, right. uh, I think you're stretching it with the Lakers, but I think the Clippers got some potential. Conference finals might be a stretch, but you never know, man. Like you said, it's all bunched up in the in the yeah. West. And- and and then there's that old theory that the NBA just wants LA to win. So right. I can imagine some goofy stuff happening. Well, if P if PG comes back in time for the playoffs, or some t- somewhere there in the middle, uh, that's gonna that's gonna help the Clippers' chance tremendously. So you never yeah. know. You never if know. He, if he comes back, but like I said, the NBA. Uh, I mean, we got rid of Stern, but Silver might be like you know the ratings. We need LeBron. And then some old, uh, yeah, old, ref, some old uh, referee type stuff. Some old Sacramento versus <laughs> L.A. 2001 might take place, and you know, so that's why I say they might. Both teams in L.A. might get further than they should, but ultimately, I don't think not even the refs can save those rosters uh, when it comes to winning a championship. Right on. All right. Well, I think that about uh, sums up the L- Battlefront LA, the pre the preview to the playoffs here. Uh, I'm going to get this dude to ep- do episode number two over for you guys again because it was lit. All right. I think uh, we out. I'm KMFN. That's Rob C. Q. And we're done. Yep. Yep.